What's going on, everybody? Uh, and uh, welcome back to my channel after a month hiatus. Oh, you got your, you got your book in there. <laughs> I've got yeah, I'm, right here. I, I just messed it up. Oh, there you go. See, that's better. <laughs> uh, I knocked Bob Ross over. Sorry, go ahead. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just uh, you know, welcome to the channel. Um, obviously. It's been a hot minute since we've. Well, I've had a video on the channel. Uh, I mean, most of you probably knew I had a baby, or my wife had a baby. It kind of sounds weird when you say I had a baby. Uh, yeah, my wife had that. a baby. Yeah, uh, back on June seventh. So it's been kind of a whirlwind for the past month. I mean, I've done a little bit here and there. But <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, but uh, as many of you know who tuned into MaydayCon, uh, Ryan Van Loan was a part of one of my panels as well as he did a reading. And then I'm pretty sure right before that we had a podcast episode. So, man, you've just been here a lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. Always, always glad to be back, though. It's always a good time. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, I, I try not to make it miserable, so... <laughs> And then, uh, and then, new new to the uh, the the episode or chat or live stream uh, is one of my co bloggers, Jason, which you guys would know him on Twitter at Traveling Cloak. Jason, how are you doing today? Hey, great. Am I unmuted? Yeah, I'm unmuted. Right, I'm here. great. Yeah, I'm good. Happy to be here. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, I know uh, we'll probably have a little bit of lag time uh, between the three of us at some point. Uh, we may have a little bit of blurry video every now and then, but especially since we're all in different states <laughs> and uh, who knows how else is streaming right now. But I um, kind of wanted to uh, to have Ryan back on. So um, The Sin and the Steel, book one of The Fall of the Gods is hitting next Tuesday, the 21st. Uh, and we are going to have Ryan read a chapter here in just a little bit. But uh, but Ryan, just kind of while we're starting out, just wanted to see what you've been up to since MaydayCon, uh, how you've been preparing for the release of your debut, and uh, kind of how how COVID's really affecting all of that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it feels like it's been three years since uh, since MaydayCon. Uh, and uh, just so much going on. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Since Mayday Con, uh, I'm trying to remember if Balticon came before or after. I think it came after. And then um, Tour did a con for their authors, which was really cool. I got to be on a panel with. Uh... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there's a delay. <laughs> there is a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, Tor, Tor did a con. I got to be on a panel with Kate Elliott, uh, who is one of my fantasy heroes. So that was really cool. Um, and uh, her dog made an appearance also really cool. Uh, we've been just doing a bunch of promo, um, bunch of interviews. Uh, you know, I took over Tor's um, Instagram uh, earlier in the week and that was, that was a lot of fun. Although I didn't anticipate that, you know, the full hour would basically just be me solo because I was the only one that could talk. And so it's just me and then like a couple of comments. Uh, but that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so a lot on that. And then, you know, like on the book front, it's, uh, it's been interesting. I turned in book two, like final edits on that. So that's, that's basically done. And I'm about a third of the way through book three. Not bad. 
getting some stuff done. Gosh, this delay sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like waiting on an answer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What was the question, man? Now I can hear you. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> no, I, I said it sounds like you're getting a lot done. I know you said uh, you were you were looking to finish book three by the end of the summer, which is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm tracking that way, so that's where that's where I need to keep going. I uh, was not anticipating how much getting ready for this launch would take my time, which I probably should have, but. Uh, it's it's been a trip. It's been wild. I mean, ten years kind of building up to this moment. So no complaints. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, like I said, you know, you came on on MadeAcon, uh, did a panel about uh, kind of getting published, the journey of getting published, uh, and had kind of a you know interesting take on how you got there. Uh, everybody, I, I definitely recommend checking out that panel uh, when you get some time. It's still loaded up on my channel. Uh, and then you also had a chance to, to read from your debut. And I know you're going to be doing that again uh, here. So do you want to go ahead and uh, maybe take over and, and read a little bit from, uh, from your debut? Yeah, sure. So um, let me go ahead and pull this up. This is uh, this is this is the hardcover. Um, yeah, the finished copy, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it is it is really cool. Um, and uh, it has uh, like all fantasy novels, has some maps going on. Um, Tor, I just put an article up on Tor.com yesterday about the, the fantasy map. So if you're interested in maps, check that out. But we'll just jump in here. I'm just going to read from chapter one, um, The Sin and the Steel, quick background. It's about a Sherlockian teenager and her partner in crime solving. They get blackmailed by the most powerful trading company in the world to uh, solve a mystery that empires have failed to solve. There's the undead, mages, gods, mayhem ensues. It's adventure fantasy with heart. And so chapter one, we just jump right into it. Okay, so chapter one. Before I learned how to read, I thought knowledge was finite, dead and decaying inside old men's skulls. Now I know the truth, that knowledge is living gold, threaded through layers of dead parchment, just waiting to be mined. But while the world may be driven by knowledge, it runs on gold, the hard kind. And if my plans were to succeed, that was the kind of leverage I needed. I saw my chance, placed my wager, and took my seat at the table. For that, I was being shoved at bayonet point down a marbled hall lined with frescoes and landscapes of a hundred ports that shared a similar theme, palaces and outposts of the mighty Canados Trading Company. The Imperial Guard pushed us forward at a breakneck pace. It was a wonder I didn't trip over my blood-soaked dress. I must confess, the bayonet at my back was wonderful motivation. Eld stumbled beside me, weak from the knife he'd taken in one shoulder, a knife meant for me. I'd tossed what I thought were loaded die, only to see them come up pips. And unless the odds changed fast, we were likely to swing for it. The Imperial Guard wouldn't look the other way like the constabulary. And even the constabulary wouldn't look away from a room full of dead gods and a mage whose god would be missing their magic soon enough. Not when I'd been caught holding the still smoking pistol. Maybe with enough, Leary? Unfortunately, I need as much gold as it cost to buy the palace they brought us to. And even then, the Imperial Guard doesn't bribe easily. I've tried. No one gets off with just a bribe when you've murdered a mage. Not that we had. 
murder to mage that is, but perception was reality and reality saw swinging before the day's sun had fully risen. A pair of heavy wooden doors that rose from floor to ceiling swung open of their own accord as we approached. I saw the hint of a muddy footprint and filed it away before the guard behind me hit me low in the back. I went down, caught up in my bloody skirts. El tried to catch me, then cried out when I hit his bad shoulder, and we both sprawled across the marble floor, sliding to a stop in front of a gilded table built over turnstile cabinets. I picked myself up, making it to my knees before the hard octagonal iron of a musket barrel pressed against the base of my skull, sent a chill running down my spine. Eyes down, or your brains will decorate the floor, the guard growled. I've read blood leaves a bitch of a stain on marble, I said, before I could think. Eld groaned beside me, and the guard growled again. I heard a pair of heels click on the floor, lavender skirts pinned back and sewn with threaded gold swished around the table in front of us. I risked a glance up through a few errant strands that had pulled free from my loosely braided dark curls and saw a pale woman with blonde locks piled down the left shoulder of her gown, which had sleeves that covered her to the wrist, as was the latest fashion. She met my gaze with a smile that made her appear younger than she was, thin lips or no. An older woman in dark imperial armor with crimson plumes of rank swaying atop her helm walked past us to stand beside the blonde. She moved with the loose, stalking saunter that I associated with enforcers the street gangs employed. She held up, making sure we could see it, an all-too-familiar pistol, then set it down on the table out of view. Once that was done, she crossed her gauntleted arms, staring at us from eyes darker than her sun-darkened face as if sizing us up. You've a need for friends, the woman in the lavender gown said. I looked up at that, expecting to see a dark room awash with lantern light glittering off the blades and saws and pincers meant to pry the truth from our lips, whether we willed it or no. Do we now? Whatever else I meant to say caught on my tongue as my eyes finally took in the room they brought us to. Gods. Guard forgotten, I looked past the woman and felt my mouth slacken. No torture table here, but something far more dangerous. A library. They brought us to a library. At least that's the only word our tongue has for it, but a library meted at poor justice. It was labyrinth-like in its shelves that rose from floor to ceiling and wall to wall, with the far wall a dim specter in the distance, barely illuminated by a score or more of chandeliers. It wasn't the size of the space, but the sheer quantity of what it held that made my throat clench as if in want of water. Books, no, tomes packed side by side on every shelf, sometimes stacked double in height. Everywhere my eyes turned, there was another cover and mismatched bindings and sizes and colors staring back at me. Another voice to be discovered. Another bit of information to banish my ignorance. Another morsel of magic to be consumed. 367. Even Eld hasn't read as many books as I have, and he's old. I thought myself well-read, versed in the subject of enlightenment, but here was a treasure to beggar my meager achievements. Here was a sun to my mere pinprick in the darkness. I could spend a dozen years here and not finish. I inhaled deeply, absorbing the dusty incense into my bones and a shiver covered me in goose flesh. A dozen years. The musket barrel pressed harder against my neck, bringing me back to the reality of my situation. On my knees, with a gun to my head, and enough evidence painting Eldon me as murderers to see us executed on the spot. You've a need for friends. I have friends, I said, trying and failing to keep my gaze from wandering across the shelves behind her. One, anyway. But I'm not sure I follow you. Oh, I think you do, Sambukina, the woman said. Her late cheeks dimpled when she saw my astonishment. She smiled again. I never know why people do that. Smile? Are they amused? Happy? Trying to disarm? Almost certainly the last, even if some of the other emotions play into it. But it's hard for me to discern. 
The eyes, on the other hand, rarely lie. Hers were bright and hard and searching. For what? You were on your way to the gallows, to be hung for disturbing the Empress's peace, for larceny and for half a dozen counts of murder. But as a friend, I interceded on your behalf. She made a motion with her hand and the braille against my neck disappeared. That's pleasant of you, I muttered. The guard growled yet again. Fuck, Eld hissed. He's polite like that. He looked pale in the lamplight, and I hope that was from the shock of the arrest and not blood loss. He was the muscle and I the brain, and weak muscle was no muscle at all. Besides, he's the only soul that would call me friend. I can't lay claim to many years, but I've learned it doesn't pay to toss that away. Not with these stakes. Is there a name we should use to thank you, Eld asked. I tried not to roll my eyes. Selina, the woman said after a moment. She arched an eyebrow. I can save you from the noose, but only if you're useful. Very noble, I said. We're not noble, Sambuquina. We're a trading company. Only a compretio. Everything has its price, I repeated. It was the one phrase in the new goddess's tongue that didn't twist in my mouth. Precisely, Selina said, favoring me with another of her false smiles. We've rights to a judge's ear before we swain, I reminded her. And last I checked, self-defense wasn't a heining offense. Self-defense, Selina snorted. You were caught red-handed, surrounded by dead bodies, pistol in hand. That hardly seems like self-defense. Looks can be deceiving, I said. They can indeed, said a new voice, and a man in a powdered wig marched out of the stacks behind Selina. His naturally tanned skin, somewhat pale from lack of direct sunlight, looked paler still beneath the blood-red robes he wore. That's why he said as he settled himself into the guild-back chair behind the cataloging table. It requires the judiciary to sift through the evidence, to sort, he gestured towards the stacks with a flick of his hand, fact from fiction, as it were. You did say you wanted a judge's ear, Selina said, that small and sipid smile catching the edges of her lips. Do you know why Sir Venza Haynes criminals, Buck? Because rotting bodies sends a message, I said. That's part of it the female Imperial officer beside Selina said. Given that she'd brought the murder weapon in, she was likely the one giving the orders when we were captured, damn her. Her plumed helm turned her into some anonymous grim defender of justice, the executioner to the judge's judicial pronouncements. The other part is that it's cheaper to hang them than it is to shoot them, the judge added. But the Canada's trading company isn't so cheap, Selina said. You can't hold a trial in here, Eld protested. Oh, but we can, Selina said. Court is in session, the judge pronounced, his lips thinning in the vaguest suggestion of a smile. He produced a gavel from his robes and rapped the table thrice. The Honorable Judge Cochran presiding. The sound of the guard cocking his musket was loud in the silence. So that's the end of chapter one. Uh, chapter two, we find out what happens to uh, Buck and Eld, and they, uh, they go on a, a pretty cool adventure. Fantastic. Um, by the way, k kudos to, to another chapter read. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I think it's I think at some point we're just gonna keep having you on until you just read the whole book. So <laughs> yeah, chapter at a time, and by the time book two comes out, you you can get book one for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll just do it like we'll do it in podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jason, do we uh, do we have a friend that's that's coming to say hey? Yeah, Rosie wanted to stop by and say hi to everyone. Rosie, say hi. Thank you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, hey. Rosie, okay. But I say we we see uh, we see a lot of Rosie on uh, on the on the Twitter. So. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog is she? Yeah, she really likes her books. She 
She's a Pomeranian Husky. Also known cool. as Tomsky. Oh, what a mix. Yeah, she's a good dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. really weird. She she got more Husky than Pomeranian, so she pretty much just like, looks like a white Husky, basically. <laughs> Sometimes a good dog. All right, she's going to go. A rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to drop myself out, Jason. If you want to, uh, if you want to ask Ryan some questions about uh, the sin and the steel, since uh, you just finished reading it and writing a review for the blog, so uh, you can have at it whenever you're ready. Okay, great. Yeah, um, yeah, I really like the book. Uh, it was really, it was, you know, what's interesting about um, what I thought about the book was that it was a little more, you know, I don't think that the synopsis. Sorry, Tor, does it a whole lot of justice because it's really much more adventurous than I thought it would be. Um, and so my first question is, I'm sure David has probably asked you a variation of this question probably eight times. He always asks that plotter, panther, architect, gardener question. For me, what, I'm, what I, what I want to know is kind of a related question is um, when you went set out to write this book and whether you were plotting or panting or whatever it was, did you plan for it to be that type of a an adventurous, you know, book, or what? Or did it just kind of go that direction once you started it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I am definitely a, a very heavy plotter. Uh, I normally do like about a thirty-page bullet-pointed outline. Um, it's almost like my first draft. Actually, the outline is my first draft. The second draft is me writing the prose. But um, the idea for this story actually uh, it came to me in a dream, which has never happened before. You know, I've written ten books. This is the only one that that happened to. But I, I basically woke up hearing Buck's voice in my head. I knew there was some Sherlockian like teenager. I knew there was like some sort of Watson character. And I knew that there was pirates and the undead involved. And that's really all that came to me in that initial one. Um, and then I just let it kind of simmer over the next few months, kind of in the back of my head, because I was working on a different book at the time. And those plot elements continue just to evolve and, and grow. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the adventure part was always there from the beginning. Um, pirates, definitely a scream adventure. Uh, the undead always adventure and Buck's voice. I knew, I knew she was a street rat. I knew she was too smart for her own good. And sometimes her, her, you know, smarts were going to get her into trouble. And so that was always there. Um, and then once I had that, I, I kind of went through, I have a pretty in-depth plotting process that I kind of went through where I just discovered the story for myself. And then it just went from there. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like there weren't a whole lot of surprises along the way. You pretty much had it all planned out pretty well. Um, I did. I mean, there were some surprises. The, uh, you know, um, I think it's been mentioned in some of the synopses, so it's not giving it away, but there's a, a pirate queen, essentially, that they run into. And yeah. her role um, definitely evolved uh, over the course of the book. Um, in good ways, I think. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on her. She's one of my favorite characters to write. Um, oh, I love her, yeah. But She's she... Yeah, initially she had a smaller role and then she just kept growing. So I had to revise a little bit, but it was all good. Yeah, it's good. And that's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned um, Buck's personality because that was my next question. I love Buck. She's uh, she was the highlight of, of, for me, the highlight of the book and highlight of my review. She's just so like sarcastic and witty, you know, and just brash, you know. And that, what my thought was, did you base her on any... It's, inspiration from any particular person 
because she's very well developed and she's got, you know, we hear a lot of her thoughts along the way. And so you seem to have a really good grasp on her. I mean, she's probably the deepest character we ha you have in the book. Does she come from anywhere in particular? No, I mean, I am, uh, even though I plot a lot, um, I am a character-driven writer. So every book idea, the first thing that comes to me is a character, a voice, which is always strange, but a voice will just come into my head. Like she did in that dream. Normally it's when I'm going for a walk or something. Or um, mm -hmm. just a, a an emotion of a character or something like that. And so I always want the characters to drive what they're doing. Um, but, you know, there was elements that I probably drew on, so... I knew she was going to be really smart. Sherlock Holmes is something that I've loved since I was since I was uh, young, and um, also like the there was a series back a long time ago, like Young Indiana Jones, and it was like India's a teenager getting an in trouble. And so both of those kind of influenced me. Like I felt that like she was going to have those types of characteristics. The one thing that I really liked about her was um, I think people often confuse intelligence and wisdom. Uh, Buck is incredibly intelligent, hyper-intelligent. It actually, some of her like thought processes, I really had to think through like what would somebody who can see every angle decide to do in this situation? Um, Cause I'm not that smart, but uh, she's not necessarily wise all the time. She's younger, she's grown up on the streets. She knows she's smart and she's kind of been fed up. I think her whole life, I think, I think kids can relate to this. And, you know, I think unfortunately women can too, where you're not taken seriously enough or given the opportunities just based upon things that are outside of your control, like age or, or gender. And she, you know, she runs away at the mouth sometimes. So she's really smart, but sometimes too smart. And that actually causes more problems than, you know, if she was maybe a little less intelligent, a little more wise. Sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And she, and, and not in that story, but also kind of where she comes from, right? She comes from, you know, poverty. And obviously there's a lot of that built in there too, where she wasn't, you know, have afforded the same opportunities as a lot of people, again, um, in her situation. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, she is a little unlikable. Uh, I know that. And I intentionally did that because she's a product of her environment. Her environment is growing up without a family on the streets, mm -hmm. knowing that she's, you know, one meal away, one bully away from, from not making it. And, and we find out pretty early on that her goal is to, you know, reimagine society and find a way that people won't have to, children won't have to grow up like her in the future. And that's where the heart aspect comes into it. But especially at first, she's, you know, she's very much Machiavellian, the ends justify the means. Um, and so, yeah, so I know some people bounce on that a little bit, but I think that it was, it was just accurate to who she is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I could see that in a lot of her decision-making too. I thought she was a great character. Again, she really carried the book for me. Everything else is really great too, but she's really a, a focal point there. What about, um, so talking along those same lines, you know, again, you mentioned, you know, again, I, I was a little bit surprised at how adventurous it was. I actually got some in somewhat areas when you talk about the pirate queen and the undead part of it i got kind of almost like pirates of the caribbean vibes a little bit of the way some of that was um, just uh comparing it there but she did you have to do a lot of research for that like pirates you know the ships the sea uh there's a little bit of mythology in there i believe even um was there a lot of research on your end to be able to get a lot of that in and accurate Yeah, sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Was the question about like, did I have to do research for for some of the pirates and stuff like that? 
yeah, pirates. There's a lot of ship talk. You know, there's you know even like a little bit of uh, like a mythology yeah. angle on some parts of it. I felt like so. Did was there a lot of research <laughs> on your part? Um, yeah. So uh, yes and no. So there's this um, there's this cool book that was written. It's it has a it has an author, but it's definitely not who actually wrote it. There's this cool book called Pirates with a Y from like the 1700s that was from the age of sail that was written by i can't remember the the guy's name but it was definitely it wasn't actually it was an anonymous person who just chose a name and it chronicles a lot of different pirates there's some fiction in there but there's actually a lot of facts so that's something that i had read a few years before i started the book and uh had captured my imagination um pirates are something that i've always been interested in uh, I, I lived in Puerto Rico as a child and the Caribbean, you know, for a long time uh, during the age of sail had a lot of pirates. So I think that was part of it, too. Um, and so I did do some research, though. Uh, I want to make sure I was, you know, the nautical terms are 100 percent accurate or, you know, they're not always like, you know, British jargon ship of the line sort of thing. But they're enough that they're pretty accurate. You can get an idea of what's going on. Uh, and as far as the mythology and stuff goes, um, you know, I mean, I'm an epic fantasy fan uh, from way back. So part of the fun is always figuring out, you know, what happened in this world, what makes it the way it is. Um, and so that's always fun for me. I do try to keep the world building at like that iceberg level of what does the story need you to see? And hopefully you get a sense that there's more going on beneath the ocean there. And if you want to dig deeper, you can, but you don't have to. Um, you know, I'm not out to write a uh, a Tolkien appendices, even though I love reading those at the end of Lord of the Rings. But uh, that's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Sure, yeah, and that takes really does take my next question, which is, you know, as far as I don't know how much you can talk about book two. Um, do you plan on expanding that world a little bit more? I mean, it, it left off in a really interesting place. Um, are we going to get more of the world? Uh, you know, what's that look like? Yeah, so book two um, is centered in Cervenza. I don't think there's any there's any spoiler there. So book one starts in Cervenza, and folks will see we quickly travel throughout the world. Um, you don't spend a lot of time there. So book two is centered in Cervenza. Uh, book three is going to be a little bit similar to book one in that there's a couple of other um, nations that we get a look at a couple of other of geographic points, but Cervenza is really interesting. It's one, it's a city that like I had designed before I even really dug too deeply into book one. Um, there's canals and these like, you know, gear work bridges and, um, all these different types, you know, you have like the rich in one section, you know, kind of butting up against elbows of the poor in the mercantile areas. And then you have these really like poor districts and Buck grew up in the poor section. And uh, and then we see where she ends up in book two. And uh, it's it's really interesting. Okay, yeah, that was a deep dive into Cervenza sounds really good for book two. Um, what about the, the other thing I was thinking about, I, I was looking at your website earlier today and just looking at kind of your different experiences. You mentioned you spent a lot of time in the Caribbean. Um, you know, it sounds like you like to be outdoors, hiking, things like that, some military experience. How, did, that, did a lot of that stuff in, come into your book? Did that influence your writing? Uh, in what ways would you take those personal things and then and factor them in? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, the... Uh, the military background, um, you know, uh, Buck's sidekick, 
is kind of her muscle. We heard in the reading there, Eld. He um, yeah. he has a military background, and we learn a little bit about his past as the as the story progresses. Um, some of that is drawn on my experiences. Um, certainly, I, I you know I, I spent six years in the in the infantry, so I kind of know know the soldier space fairly well. Um, but as far as I think, what more came through is probably just my love for travel. Uh, I really enjoy traveling to places and I enjoy histories about places that are sort of melting pots or meeting points of different areas in the world. So the Caribbean's a, a good example of that. The Mediterranean is a great example of that. Um, you know, Southern Spain has this really interesting history of, uh, you know, having part of its for several hundred years, having, um, you know, North African uh, uh, countries having come in and invaded there and then going away and then um, still remaining behind. And so there's multiple cultures all layered on top of each other. And I always think that's really fantastic. Uh, uh, fascinating. So when I'm creating stuff, that's what really gets me excited. So most of my world building is with the idea of what happens when these different cultures collide and what does that look like? And that's just from traveling around the world and getting to see a bunch of different places. Okay. Yeah. You could definitely see that in the writing, I think, and the way they travel around and, you know, each place is very different too. I mean, when they, each stop is very different than the last. Um, let me see if I got all my questions here. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Is David uh, back, or does he need me to ask more? Questions? I'm still here. <laughs> okay, good. I just I wanted to make sure you got everything else you wanted to. So <laughs> I think I got all my all my questions in. I really what I really wanted was it was for him to just tell us everything that's in book two, but I guess he can't. <laughs> That's exactly what he's here for. He's here to spoil everything. <laughs> um, no, it's a good book. Yeah. I was really happy to read it. I was really I, happy I, to read I'll it. I'll tell you the really whole good. series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, so la last thing I want you to do, I want you to, uh, to sell everybody that's going to watch this video on The Sin and the Steel, book one, which comes out next Tuesday. So it's sort of like a uh, sell me this pen type thing. Nice little delay. <laughs> I missed that the last part. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Oh gosh, this delay is something else. There, are you back, Ryan? All right. Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. I need you to sell me on. Oh, the sell steel. you on the book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think Sin in the Steel, it's adventure fantasy with heart. That's what I keep saying, but that's really what it is. It's uh, it's about two friends who find themselves up against it all. Uh, the most powerful trading companies in the world, uh, pirate queens, uh, the gods themselves. And it's a question of, are they going to be able to stay one step in front and uh, and get out of this one alive? And then two, you know, Buck always has plans. So uh, the slogan is kind of, you know, unfortunately for Buck, the gods have plans. And unfortunately for the gods, uh, so does Buck. 
and that's really what it is. So it's it's swashbuckling. It's a lot of fun, but it's really anchored around these two and this like sort of found family journey. So um, if that sounds interesting to you, if you like uh, Victoria Schwab or Scott Lynch or anyone like that, I think that the Sin and the Steel is going to appeal to you, and you should definitely go out and pre-order right now because Tuesday it will show up on your door. <laughs> and let's see that. Swashbuckling is a great word. I wish I would have used swashbuckling in my review. I, I gotta go back and edit it now. Best you can go back and do that. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that was an awesome review. I really appreciate it. I was like, I woke up and like saw that and I was like, oh, sweet. Like you totally got what I was going for. That's always great as an author to like find somebody that like got what your vision was. Well, let me tell you, it's funny you say that because I am always afraid that I'm gonna post a review and the author is gonna be like, no, that's not what I was intending. It's not. It's not a piratey adventure fan fantasy book. And I'm always afraid they're going to come back and be like, no, you totally didn't get it. And I actually had one author tell me that. So. Uh, no, I mean, if, if you didn't get it, I just wouldn't say anything at all. <laughs> okay. all right, my, my plan is to write a review that completely doesn't get it now. <laughs> just write it totally opposite. Yeah, like. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read yours and then write everything completely opposite from yours. So we, we can have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of parody on the, on the blog. So. Well, you can um, test Ryan to see if he actually says something. If you you email the next, he'd be like, "That would not. You should not. Yeah. Say that, then you'll know." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Ryan, let's uh, let's see that finished cover one more time. Oh yeah. Oh. Hey Ryan, there's a, someone in the chat asked, well, "Do you know where you can get it in the UK?" That's not Amazon. Uh, Book depository. They ship everybody, uh, everybody, everywhere in the world for free. So I would definitely check Book Depository there. And they usually have titles. I mean, I hate – Ryan probably doesn't want to hear this and publishers probably don't want to hear it, but they're usually a little bit cheaper. Uh, maybe sometimes a couple of dollars off, sometimes even more than that. You can usually uh, get them at least 10 to 20% off there. But they're fantastic. They usually ship in like a couple of days. Um, but like I said, they ship everywhere in the world. So and I think they're actually located in the U.K. or roundabouts. So we usually have to wait about a week or two in the States. But – it is yeah. like this. <laughs> well, and uh, I mean, I'll have to check, but I think you, I think bookstores in the UK are going to have it too, so you should be able to find it uh, from there as well. But David has a really good suggestion, so hopefully either one works out. They're probably just yeah, trying check. to avoid Amazon. I would too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't care where book. books want to find it. You know, do what you got to do. Just find it. Hey, I want to. Can I say real quick too? The cover art's really good. Uh, and I didn't mention that before because obviously my arc doesn't have the cover art, but I really like the cover art. I think it's really interesting. It really catches the eye. So if I were walking in a store and I saw that on the shelf, not that one, David. <laughs> that That's not eye catch. That's the one you're talking about. <laughs> no, the finished one. If I saw it on the shelf, I'd be like, this is a really cool book. I got to pick it up. So I really love <laughs> the cover art. Oh, yeah, that was um, that was Peter Lutgen, who is uh, he works at Tor. He did a great job with it. I just I kind of gave them a couple of descriptions of Buck, and uh, and said, you know, I'd really love to see her on the cover, and they just ran with it. They did a really good job. Yeah, it's really great. It's it's really nice when you give a suggestion and people follow that suggestion. <laughs> I know that doesn't always happen in book design. So, and honestly, a lot of authors don't even get a hand in it. It's usually just like. You get what you get. <laughs> Toronto delay again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but um, I guess before we start hitting any more delays, uh, we'll probably end it there. But Ryan, we appreciate you coming on, uh, reading from your debut. Uh, again, everybody, The Sin of the Steel comes out next Tuesday, July 21st. Uh, you should be able to buy it pretty much anywhere. Uh, but if you want to buy it and get free shipping, Book Depository is a fantastic place. Um, and, uh, and and everybody, again, uh, Jason over here is a part of FanFi Addict. He is one of my newer bloggers, newest, kind of new. <laughs> newest, newer. <laughs> I think people have come on board after me, but yeah, newer. Great. <laughs> but uh you guys can actually uh not on the channel but uh jason's actually going to be interviewing uh sarah kozloff uh next week uh you want to you want to talk a little bit about that just for a moment yeah she wrote those four books that also came out from tour yeah so i've been uh nine realms series i've been talking about that for a long time so uh, everyone knows how excited i am about that series it's really good really fun it's also another really good kind of adventurous story so um yeah so i'm hoping to talk to her next week we're gonna have that up on the podcast channel right yeah we'll be up on uh yeah. podcast talking books so jason will be heading that one up yep. next week uh and then next thursday i'm actually gonna have Django wexler back on the youtube channel uh, we're going to be talking about his new release, which also comes out next Tuesday, called Ashes of the Sun, coming out from Orbit, uh, which I have a finished copy over there. I just don't – I don't think my headphones can reach. So, uh, But it'll uh, – I'll start promoing that tomorrow. I'm, um, I'm finishing it today, so it's right here. There it is. There it is. Um, so, yeah. So, But um, like I said, Ryan, we appreciate it. Uh, again, we'll have you back to read Chapter 3 or 4 or the rest of the book uh, in, the, in the coming weeks or months if you want to do it. Chapter a week. Yeah, exactly. Chapter a week, and then until book two comes out, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You're welcome anytime. We'll just we'll just have we'll just have you on here just to do like a Facebook live chat or something, and we'll just talk about nonsense <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> I'm down. All right, guys. Y'all have a great rest can of the week. And I say thanks to everyone who showed up in the chat, too. I thought I could type I'm in down, here. Man. We'll I have I our can't. monthly fireside chat. I guess I can't type in the chat. So I was wondering, I see everyone there. I see you, you know, all of our friends there. So thanks for showing up. <laughs> yeah, we'll, and we'll, we'll shout you all out on Twitter, too. So appreciate it, guys.